The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Ling Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoit with United Country Realty, the Law Office of David A. Bates, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao. Good Friday morning and welcome in to another edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. As JP just told you, I'm Chris Yao, joined as always by Maurice Patton. JP is on the controls this morning. We've been working feverishly for no good reason this morning. <laughs> We worked really hard and got nothing to show for it. <laughs> Not yet. But it's coming. Not yet. We, we, listen, yeah. oh, I say I say that. We don't have nothing to show for it because at least we now know what doesn't work. <laughs> well, what is, it, what is it they say? I never lose. I just I, I either win or I learn. That's right. <laughs> Today we learn. We are, we are learning. It's learning Friday, folks. It is learning Friday. Sometimes you have to learn to win. Yes, yes, you do. And there are some teams out there who haven't quite grasped that mm, just yet. Nice segue. Yeah, I, I thought that's where you were going with it. It wasn't where I was going, but but that's a nice segue nonetheless. I, I was watching the Tennessee-UConn women's game last night, and Tennessee led the entire game uh, as far, at the end of each quarter, and except the fourth one that mattered, <laughs> um, unfortunately. But... You know, the same thing happened against Georgia. Mm-hmm. They 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 kind of well, they were up fifteen at the half against yeah, Georgia. They just imploded was, in the yeah. fourth quarter against Georgia. And this one, they didn't necessarily implode, but some well, things, they went from when you texted me, they were up four. I think it was forty nine forty five at the end of the third quarter, and I was doing some stuff around the house. And when I finally got a chance to sit down, and and they were down six. No, they were down nine. Oh, hey, that's right, they were down sixty one fifty two. I'm like, what is this dude talking about? Yeah, well, you know, it was, you know, some things don't always go your way, and when they don't, you can either let it pile on, or you can do something about it, and it felt like Tennessee women just kind of let it pile on, which... Well, to a degree, because they got it back down to three. Yep. I think they got it to what? No, it was 63. 62-60, wasn't it? It was two points. 63-61, Yeah, maybe? that's what it was, 63-61. Yeah. And then Paige they, Booker, I, I think that's how you pronounce it. It's spelled oddly, but 
the freshman who had left the game with a lower body injury. I don't know if it was knee or ankle or what it was, but she was still favoring it when she came back out. She catches on the left wing with the shot clock down to about three, and there's nobody in her face. You know she can't put it on the floor and move. Get up on her. Make it a tough catch. Make it a tough shot. No, they're off of her. She drains a three. And, that and that's basically your ball game, 67-61. And if I sound hot about this, I am because I hate when I hate when UConn win, wins. I hate when UT loses. And, and so hate. when UT loses to UConn, I really hate it. Yeah, and for the last 14 years, that's been the case. Tennessee hasn't beaten UConn since 20, or 2007. Now, to be fair, they've not played every year. Not every year. During that time. And it was really tough watching Ivina Westbrook be right in the middle of that UConn win. Yeah, um, but uh, last year this this game wasn't really close. It was a 15-point loss for Tennessee. And last night it was obvious that Kelly Harper had this team trending in the right direction. She's got them playing hard, playing well, and – they're only going to get better, and it, it, there's such a difference between Connecticut and Tennessee in knowing how to win, just knowing how to play in the fourth quarter in order to get the win. And I think that, you know, that translates to any level. Oh, 100%. Probably in any sport, just because there are some teams that the mentality, the mindset is – how are we going to win this ball game? You know, we know we're going to win it. It's just a matter of how. Yeah. And other teams are like, you know, how, how are we, we going to lose? Win? Yeah, yeah. Or, man, I sure do hope we win. Or whatever. There so. are times when, as a fan, I think, how are we going to blow this? Mm-hmm. As a Braves fan, especially. And, and, <laughs> I, and, and I don't even know why you think that, unless it's October, you know. <laughs> Because the rest of the year, it's like, you know, they're going to do something. They got 27 outs. Back in the – well, I mean, recent memory, yes, but I'm talking, yeah, you know, 2012 20 oh. to 2016, 2017. It's like, how are we going to screw this up? Right. Or I'm the guy from, from Major League. Ah, they'll blow it in the mm. ninth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, understandably so. Speaking of the Braves, the, we, we chatted briefly about – a a little Twitter rumor, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, that seems to be getting some legs. You said legs. I did. JT Real Muto apparently is a free agent, and the Phillies are dragging their feet in getting getting him dealt with, and there seems to be some talk about him possibly coming to Atlanta. Now, there are those that would say Atlanta already has a catcher. Well. They don't have the best catcher in baseball. Exactly. Now, for a short period of time last year, they did. They did. <laughs> but over the long haul. But, you know, they're, both those guys, both Travis Darnold and JT Realmuto, are versatile enough that they can do some other things. And if there's a DH. It's a no-brainer. Thanks, Rob Manfred, for us having to ask that question here on January 22nd. I mean, 
if if there's if there's any chance that you can get JT Real Muto for about probably the same price that you would have to pay for Marcelo Zuna after his year last year, you go get the guy who can play defense, mm-hmm. who can help you on defense, and you've got Travis Darno who can hit cleanup. You've also got Travis Darno who can play some outfield. You've Potentially. Got, you've got JT Real Muto who could probably play some first base. You could – you know, give Freddie a day off or DH him. I mean, it, it, Whatever. it opens up a lot of options. I mean, it's not like, sorry, we're not going to sign JT because we've already got a catcher. That's not the way this works. It it used to be for the Braves. Uh, <laughs> but apparently they're willing to dish out some cash, which is good to know, good to hear. I, for one, am really excited about that, I can tell you. It's intriguing. Uh, I still want an arm, though. Yeah, I would like to have an arm, but I would also take a. I, I would also take a veteran who could give me middle of the rotation. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, help uh, past and not necessarily have to go. At the front of the front. rotation? Yeah. I just, I just want an arm. In an the event. innings eater, so to speak. Right. I mean, if we can get um, JT Real Muto, then, hey, go get him. We'll, we'll worry about an arm at another time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a positive – for the Braves. Certainly worth keeping an eye on. So, big show today. Big show because we have Teresa Walker coming on, and she's going to spend a couple of segments with us. We'll definitely be talking about Tennessee football, talk some NFL, see what else she's been up to. I wonder if she's been dealing with the Grizzly COVID stuff. I don't know. That's um that's a good question. I've I've had a tough time really digging into NBA. Had a tough time really gravitating to basketball period. We talked about that the other day. It's, I'm just not an NBA fan. So I don't hate it. I try to keep up. I just I don't watch it enough, don't care to watch it enough, to be honest with you. And it's not that it's just that I don't enjoy that type of basketball. I'd rather watch UConn and Tennessee women play. <laughs> that's fair. So that's just me. Now, in high school, I like the fast pace up and down. Mm-hmm. But in the NBA, it feels like they're just nonchalant about their pace. Like once they get into the front court, it's, you know, two or three passes, fire up a, you know, 18 to 23 footer. Well, you do have a shot clock. Yeah, but, I mean, it's, it's just them standing around, though. It doesn't feel like there's any offense for the mm. most part. Okay. And I'm like, I want to see a pick. I want to see, you know, I want to see some backdoor cuts. I want to see, you know, give me a backdoor cut with a, a, you know, a backside lob or something. like. And, and you see that on occasion. That doesn't happen until late in the game and late in the season. That's, that's what you see in the playoffs. Right. And I watch the NBA playoffs. Mm-hmm. I don't watch the regular season. It's it's almost like the NHL. I mean, outside of the Preds, 
I watch. So, full disclosure, I was at um, a restaurant last night with plenty of televisions around. And get this. First quarter ends in the Tennessee-UConn game. And the owner of the restaurant changes the channel to SEMO and Moorhead State. Two intentionally? Yes. That sounds like something you would do. Is he a SEMO or a Moorhead graduate? No, it was just a men's game. Oh. Yeah. Wow. And on the other television was Memphis in their blue court, by the way. Have y'all seen this? The Grizzlies? No. Oh, the University of? Memphis State, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mo, you're slipping there. University of, huh? Have Have you seen this blue court? <laughs> I have not seen the blue it's, court yet. It, it, it's insane. It's, it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's worse than the purple turf at Central Arkansas football. <laughs> That's bad. Because <laughs> it, I remember watching. I think Austin P played over there to yeah. start the to start the fall football season. And that that freaked me out. I was not expecting that. Um, let me just try to show you here because it, it's <laughs> not just that it's blue. Okay, so the in between the three the 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 three point lines. Mm-hmm. Is this? It's like they did one coat of blue paint over the hardwood, and you can still see the hardwood like under Through it. it. And then inside the three point line is normal hardwood. In the paint, in the paint is tiger stripes with the blue, with the one coat of blue paint. It's it's awful. Oh my goodness! Oh, that's not awful. No, that's awful. No, I like that. <laughs> I don't want to play basketball in this. I don't know if that's necessarily blue. I think that's gray. Between the arcs. it's a tra- it's it's transparent blue, exactly. it's blue that has been uh, the opacity has been altered to where it yeah, it's not good. Anyway, that was on the other television, so I finally get the because I know the guy who owns the place, and so I'm like, hey man, uh, you turned off Tennessee Connecticut women's you, you basketball. turned off the best game of the of night. the night. <laughs> it's not on. It's not because it's not on ESPN for you know. Because of affirmative action or something, yeah. <laughs> like it's not to, not to give the the women's game like an equal chance. No, this is the best game no, of the night. This, this is. is... The... <laughs> I was really upset. Good. Did he change it back? <laughs> he did, in fact, change it. I'm I'm glad you were upset because I would have been upset, and if I had been with you, then we'd have both been upset. And that so... just wouldn't have been good. Yeah. Did anyone else in the restaurant notice either the change to the men's game or the change back? Uh, so they didn't change the men's game. He actually changed another TV, another TV, another TV to that, which is fine. Okay. So he I left. Could watch. So he left Seymo Moorhead State on. What was on ESPN two? So I was okay with that, and I because hey, it's an OVC game. I can watch that too. <laughs> yeah, that's right up your alley. <laughs> it was perfect. Yeah. It was actually the it, it worked out really well for me. <laughs> could have changed the Memphis game. I didn't care about that. <laughs> but anyway. This little uh, Christian bubble <laughs> restaurant where he knows the owners. Well, it's where, just because where everybody knows his name. Uh huh. Yeah. We. Yeah. As a matter of fact, <laughs> most of the people who spend time there know Sarah and I pretty well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's one of those spots that you know all of our friends play music and the writers' rounds and that sort of thing. Everybody we, needs a place like that. But we only go there when there's people we know playing. 
Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So like, I, I'm only going to go when I know that I'm going to know people. I'm not just going to go. Or that sure. people are going to know you. Well, <laughs> okay, so you say that. Let me tell you a story. <laughs> Chris Young spends a lot of time on Demonbrian. Okay. Yep. He walks into the, to the bar last night, same place that we're at. And he typically spends his time at Tin Roof and Doghouse. Well, there's nobody at Tin Roof and Doghouse because we have, there are at least four writers who have number one hits playing last night at the restaurant we were at at live oak so chris walks in and goes to the other side of the bar like away from the music where there's you know maybe eight or ten people but we were talking about how he definitely came to the bar with the most people so that he could be seen walking in and walking away (laughs) so he can be mad when somebody tries to bother him later optics (laughs) Yeah, it's all about optics. So anyway, I just it's funny. So yes, I mean, obviously, I want to go where people know me because, I mean, I want to be famous. <laughs> Thank you. At least someone laughs at my jokes. We are um, we're up against a break, and we need to take it. And on the other side of that break, we're going to give you the rundown. We're going to talk to talk about bowling, wrestling, all kinds of good stuff. Again, Teresa Walker joins us later in the show at the top of the 10 o'clock hour, and she'll stay with us for a couple segments. Uh, and Obviously, you don't want to miss that. So, yeah. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be right back after this. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. school sports here's mo and chris what's going on coming up on the bottom of the nine o'clock hour here on southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid-tennessee bone and joint chris yow mopad and jp plant with you here it's uh again not a deceptively beautiful day outside yet but that's okay i will i will do my very best to not be upset because it's going to be 50 today it's foggy coming in it's a little froggy out that too sure was i i was actually when i was on the interstate i saw one of the, you know those message board signs it you know it's a dense fog you know you use caution and i thought man that's it's odd you know because I, it did rain yesterday so i guess that makes sense 
and it was dense. Yeah. Real dense. I mean, I'm I had to use my windshield wipers a couple of times. So is what it is, right? My foot slipped and I couldn't get it back up, so I had to reach down and like pull it up. <laughs> I hate I hate when that happens. <laughs> it's cuz I'm getting old, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. So, plenty to talk about. We've got bowling going on right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first, and we'll talk about that uh, after we give you this morning's rundown. This is The Rundown. The Friday Rundown is brought to you by Chip Walters of Exit Realty and Bob Lamb & Associates. The voice of the Blue Raiders also wants to be your trusted advisor in real estate. Contact Chip at 615-542-1915 or through his website at choosechip.net. Chip Walters, proud to support local youth sports in southern middle Tennessee. Short slate of girls be- of basketball last night. Richland's girls defeated Cornersville 65-45. Richland's boys remained undefeated with a 73-46 win over Cornersville. And Fairview's boys defeated Waverly 62-52. In wrestling action, Summit, a 49-15 winner over Page. Brentwood, up in at Ravenwood, 40-33. It was BGA 57, FRA, Franklin Road Academy, 24. Blackman 60, Riverdale 15, Blackman 63, Stewart's Creek 15. And Stewart's Creek got a 46-30 decision over Riverdale. Cross County meet here. Forrest defeats Morris, Marshall County. 42-24. That's Forest 42, Marshall County 24. Cheatham County defeated Marshall County 66-18. And Forest in a nail-biter over Cheatham County 38-36. It was Tullahoma 72, Franklin County 12. Franklin County 36, Moore County 33. And Tullahoma 72, Moore County 12. Also, Oakland defeated Cookville 64-9. And tonight's schedule on the hardwood and eight AAA action. Columbia Central travels to Coffee County. Shelbyville will host Lincoln County. And the Franklin County girls will play at 7 p.m. tonight against Tullahoma at Tullahoma. The boys will not be in action. In 11 AAA, Dixon County visits Brentwood. Franklin hosts Ravenwood. Independence travels to Page. And in a rematch from two nights ago, Spring Hill travels to Summit. In 12AA action, Nolansville will travel to Forest, and Marshall County hosts Murfreesboro Central. In 11AA, it's Fairview hosting Camden. In 8A action, Moore County goes to Cornersville, Fayetteville visits Eagleville, and Cascade travels to Huntland. In 10A tonight, Cullioka hosts Hampshire, and Santa Fe hosts Mount Pleasant. In District 12A, Summertown will go to Collinwood. Community hosts Giles County. Loretto hosting Wayne County. And Perry County will host Frank Hughes. In Division 2A, District 3 play tonight. Webb School of Bellbuckle travels to Columbia Academy. Battleground Academy will play at Grace Christian. Providence Christian travels to Zion Christian at Senior Senior Night Night for the Eagles and Lady Eagles. And Christ Presbyterian Academy will go to Franklin Road Academy. On Saturday, Franklin County, I guess girls only because this is a Franklin County COVID issue that's Mm -hmm. affecting them. So the girls will travel to Grundy County. Forest will travel to Lawrence County. 
Summit goes to Brentwood. CPA hosts University School of Nashville. Columbia Academy goes over to Webb. And Brentwood will travel to Brentwood Academy. And I think Columbia State hosts Roan State. Columbia State does host Roan State. The Chargers and Lady Chargers travel to Harriman on Wednesday night. Got swept. Um, Roan County women won 64-53. Roan County men won 75-72, I think it was. Three-point game. So, the Chargers and Lady Chargers looking to avenge their season opening losses on Saturday. Absolutely. That is your Friday rundown brought to you by Chip Walters of Exit Realty, Bob Lamb and Associates, the voice of the Blue Raiders. Also wants to be your trusted advisor in real estate? Contact Chip, 615-542-1915 or through his website at choosechip.net. Chip Walters, proud to support local youth sports in southern middle Tennessee. That's your rundown on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Yeah, so like you said, Columbia State coming off a loss over at Roan, they will definitely want to avenge that one. Hey, yeah, definitely, as we um we spoke with um Winston Neal earlier this week on Coach's Corner, and the Chargers come into the year ranked number 22 in the country and take that tough three-point loss on the road to open the year. Um, they were down significantly in the first half. I think they might have gotten down as much as 20 at one point, trailed by 14 at the half, cut it to one in the second half, and wound up losing it by three, like I said, 75-72. So, um, you know, as as Coach Neal said, they're playing without Antonio Sparkman, who's got a knee injury that he's working through. Big part of that rotation for them. I'll be interested to see how they come out this weekend against the Raiders of Roan State. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm curious. I'm I'm and I'm excited to see Columbia State play this year. I feel like they're going to get their you know get their legs under them and and obviously early season you never know what's going to happen. So and he had said that Roan State was a really good ball club and they are. as well, and they were and you know playing at home and first night out, not really sure what to expect. You've not had a chance to play against. Anybody, no scrimmages, no nothing like that. So it's um, it's going to be a learning experience for everybody, I think. But I, I think, you know, from Wednesday to Saturday, they'll address some things, obviously tighten up some things, and, and it'll be a um, an intriguing matchup. No doubt, no doubt. All right, um, let's move on to bowling, which is taking place right now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um curious to see how uh, uh well i guess we know austin Combs, uh the sixth seed uh falls in ladder match number two to mm. caleb kelly 200 to 179 okay so so austin is done austin is done he was didn't uh didn't bowl his best at the state tournament no you know he went into the state tournament as the um with the eighth best average among qualifiers, he was averaging two hundred six point two five. Um, never broke two hundred this week. Um, he rolled a one seventy eight, a one eighty one, a one eighty four, and a one eighty nine 
yesterday to advance by a pin as the number six qualifier for the for the ladder match finals. And and so you said he had a one seventy nine this morning. Is that right? Yeah, one seventy. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. He did Two. win. He did win ladder match number one. He defeated Andrew Billions. Oh, okay. Uh, one seventy eight to one fifty nine, but then fell in ladder match two. Okay. Uh, to Caleb Kelly, the number four seed. Right. So okay. Right. Matthew Messiker from Pope John Paul was the number one seed coming into the tournament and did not make the finals. He did not, and he so that just goes to show how difficult this tournament is. He was a pin short of Austin. Austin finished with seven hundred thirty-two total pins through the four semifinal matches. Messiker was at seven thirty-one. So, yeah, that's just again goes to show how difficult state tournament is it's you can you can bowl great all year you can be in it. sometimes it's just it it's it's not being in a situation that you're comfortable with it could be anything yeah and you know talk to um Derek Ransom the CA coach last night and he he said that particular oil pattern was probably the most challenging we've seen all year you didn't have a lot of wiggle room and he spoke to Austin's ability to pick up spares as um, the key to him advancing. We've got an article on yesterday's bowling action up on the website at sm-tnsports.com. Um, while Austin advanced to this morning's ladder round finals, um, Spring Hill's team was eliminated from the Division One team, boys team competition yesterday, they fell eighteen nine to Lebanon in the um, quarterfinals. So, and no shame in that. I mean, Lebanon did come in nineteen and one, although they did lose in the semifinals. Right. Yeah, and <laughs> and got stroked in the semifinals. By the way, yeah, hard, what was it? Ca- hard, twenty two point five to four point five. I think it was. Yeah. yeah. Um. This was Spring Hill's first state tournament appearance as a team, and you know Don McKinnon kind of con- attributed some of their struggles to just nerves. You know, even though there weren't a whole lot of people there, because capacity attendance was limited to participants and their coaches, but still, just being in that state tournament environment is a little bit different. Uh, no doubt, no doubt. A um, in game one, Tyler Williams bowled a two sixteen. In game two, Jeremy Gerald's had a two fourteen and lost. And that's brutal. <laughs> yeah, you lose. You bowl a two fourteen and lose. That's that's tough. They they just had a tough time stringing a lot of success together yesterday against Lebanon. So um, tough finish for them, but um. Great season for them again, qualifying for the um, boys team state tournament for the first time in the history of that program. Also, want to mention, um, in addition to Austin Kimes from Columbia Academy, um, CA sophomores Connor Butt and Foster Eisenberg um, placed 14th and 24th in the semifinal round and did not advance. But again, both sophomores and as we talk about being there, being in that environment, I'm sure that having been there this year will will help them going forward. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Um, 
So we've talked about how bowling scoring works. I think I've figured it out. All right. Here you go. I know my dad was very curious. Mm. So if, if, if we can learn one person one thing today, <laughs> here's how TSSAA bowling works. Are you listening, Chuck? You have six bowlers. 1A, 2A, 3A, 1B, 2B, 3B. All right? They match up against each other. So it's it's one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Whoever has the highest score gets a point. All right, for your team. So you get – there are a total of six points available in each game. There are three games. That means that's 18 points, right? Mm-hmm. Whoever gets the most points, your team gets two points. So that's another six points to get you to 24. Whoever has – whatever team has the most pins at the end gets three bonus points. To get you to 27. That gets you to 27. Now you know. The more you know. Today you learned. Today you learned. T-Y-O. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we, we taught somebody something. We did. We did. Uh, big – as we told you in the rundown, big um, – Wrestling win last night for Summit over Page. They are the district. They are the district fourteen. Fourteen fourteen South champions. Sure. Well, (laughs) tell us how that works. I'd be more than happy to. So, (laughs) District fourteen has nine teams in it. Um, Just like basketball, it's tough to schedule wrestling matches against all nine of those teams. So it's divided north and south. You've got Summit, Indy, Spring Hill, and Page, I believe, in the south. You've got um, Brentwood, Ravenwood, Franklin, Centennial in the north. Am I leaving somebody out? I, I may no be idea. leaving somebody out. Um, but at any rate, that's your north and south. Um Summit's win over Page yesterday makes Summit the 14 South champion. Independence will be the number two seed. Um, Brentwood is the one, and Centennial is the two from the north. Those four will wrestle Tuesday at Brentwood, and I'm still efforting for that time, but I'm thinking the semifinals will be around 530 at Brentwood. That would be <laughs> – Stop giving times. Just well, just stop giving times. Well, you have to have a start point to wait <laughs> – no. <laughs> Summit and Centennial will wrestle in one semifinal. Um, Brentwood and Independence in the other. Obviously, those two winners will wrestle after. I'm not sure how many teams go on. I don't know if it's two or three, so you may have a consolation match in addition to the championship match. And those will go on to region wrestling on the duels. Um, in the duels competition, so gotcha. So five thirty ish ish on Tuesday at Brentwood, and I'm thinking we'll probably be there. At least two of us will be. <laughs> Who knows? We'll we'll definitely uh, do our best to get out and cover. It, once it gets to postseason, we 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 really try. To, to do our best to get out and cover uh, all, all the sports yeah, as, and, as best we can. And some things kind of sneak up on us sometimes, but we 
we do what we can. And it is what it is. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and um, when we come back, some heartbreaking news to mm. share with you this morning on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Teresa Walker in the second hour. We'll be right back after this. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. about it's southern middle tennessee sports today once again with mo here's chris welcome back in 12 minutes to the top of the 10 o'clock hour where we will be joined by associated press sports writer hall of famer Teresa walker um we have some unfortunate news but before we get to that can i can can we stay up just a little bit because I have a question. Everyone's seen the Bernie memes. To this point, what is your favorite sports related Bernie meme? Sports related. Sports related Bernie meme. Oh goodness! I tell y'all, I'm going to give the nod to a local sports operation. Um, I follow Spring Hill Baseball on Facebook. And they've got one of Bernie sitting down the first baseline on a um, a snow-covered field from a couple of weeks ago. I guess that's um, pretty um, pretty impressive. JP, you have a favorite so far? Uh, you know, I haven't been following as closely as the two of you, uh, but I did find one. He's been working. I, well, I, I did find one last there. night that it prompted me to share to you. So I guess by proxy, I'll go with this one. It was uh, Patrick Mahomes. It was Bernie's body sitting, of course, with the blanket and his legs crossed. Patrick Mahomes' head with the caption, waiting to hear back on the concussion protocol. (laughs) I thought that was rather... I, I, I like taking it that next step of putting someone else's head on Bernie's that's a that's a level two meme in my action in my yeah that, that that takes it up a notch yeah there, there is so one like out one. there going around um 
the Des Bryant catch, non-catch against Green Bay from years ago. Oh, yeah. There's one showing Bernie looking in from the sidelines. His new angle released from the NFL shows one man had the perfect spot for Dez's catch. <laughs> so I like it. I, I will say this. Oh, that's good. <laughs> My favorite one to this point is is because I um probably because i took it took a minute to to find him <laughs> and it's the the picture of former indie uh football player Rashawn Galden as he's flipping off the Alabama fan you know what i'm talking about he's got the you know the Alabama fans yelling at him and the Tennessee guys behind him well sitting next to <laughs> the Alabama fan who's upset you it takes a minute but when you finally see him sitting there in the stands getting flicked off by Rashawn Golden it was fantastic because I I guess it was funnier because it wasn't as obvious that he was just sitting there yeah so it was it got me it got me really good so there's one out there of him being hurdled by Najee Harris as well that's and I saw this one this morning that you guys may not have seen. I thought this one was really good too. Is uh, hold on, let me. I'm going to show it to you before I tell you what it is on the air because it's. I need to get your your reaction to the uh, the the photo. But it's <laughs> Derek Henry stiff arming him. So there's that. <laughs> there's one of Bobby Knight throwing him. <laughs> I haven't seen that one, but that's good. <laughs> anyway, so I, you know, I, I wanted to start this segment off with uh, a, a, some positive, mm. uplifting information. Much uh, needed. Here, here's the real question: Does Bernie capitalize on this? Does he acknowledge this? Does he have fun with it? I haven't I hope heard. So I hope so. But I haven't heard if anybody's asked him yet. I, I don't think. I don't think anybody means any disrespect. Oh no, I, no. I, I, I just think it's fantastic, and I think it's. I I just think it's some folks having fun with with it, and I think it's a sign of respect. It's good, clean fun. It uh, is good, clean fun. It really is. is. I mean, which this country needs, no, no doubt. We when you can incorporate politicians into good, clean fun, it's always a good thing. I I did like the the highwaymen, where he was sitting in front of Johnny Cash, Chris Christopherson, Willie, and Waylon, and somebody commented on it. Um, it said, I was a senator. The Constitution I did uphold. <laughs> Let's get this through. I'm cold. <laughs> there are some great ones out there in and out of sports. But, yeah, yeah. It's, it's been fun. It has been. It, it has been. It should be about done, though. I don't know, man. I don't know. The, you, usually these things last the month. Memes, typically you have a, a, a meme of the month just about every month. And uh, this is this is it for 2021. So, um, now we have to go to the unfortunate and heartbreaking news of the morning, as we learned earlier uh, in the show. As scrolling through Twitter, as one does, that the home run king, the real home run king, uh, Hank Aaron has passed away 
Braves legend uh, in more than one city. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's what he did for the Braves even after he retired is as important as what he did as a player, I think. So. And he held a lot of positions in that front office. He was um, pivotal in the the rejuvenation of their minor league system. Um, helped with the acquisition and development of a, of a lot of Braves players that, that contributed to that 14-year that run and even beyond. But, I mean, I remember – I know exactly where I was on April 8th, 1974, and in the, the days leading up to that, and, I mean, as a as a youngster, he was just bigger than life. I remember listening to the, to the Braves games on um, WSM when they used to carry him on 650 just to, you know, keep up, because back then, games weren't on TV every night, you know. There was maybe a Tuesday night game of the week, and that that was actually on a Tuesday night. That game against the Dodgers when he hit seven fifteen. Um, but I mean, you had a Tuesday night game, you had a Saturday game, and that was about it. And so, it was must see TV, particularly when the Braves were on because they weren't very good at that point, and so they yeah. didn't get a lot of TV games. And so, when they were on life stopped for me basically i mean there was a time when folks accused me of being a bandwagon fan and i tell them look i remember rooting for this team when they had 340 home run hitters and they still finished last Mm -hmm. so miss me with that the bad old days yeah yeah when you'd call and ask what time's the game start and they tell you what time can you be here (laughs) that kind of thing so this is um and coming on the heels, I mean, the the other guy was never a Brave, but he was as big a part of the Atlanta Braves once he stepped off the diamond and into the broadcast booth. We lost Don Sutton a couple of days ago. Yeah, and, and that was a voice of my childhood. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sutton was – he was the color guy. You know, the, the one that I remember hearing throughout my childhood. And even after he got – even after the you know he was off the television broadcast, he moved to the radio booth mm-hmm. for a, a little while, and you know listening to him on the radio was just he was a gem, a true gem, and I really enjoyed listening to Don Sutton talk baseball. Um, Pitch for the Dodgers, Astros, Brewers, Oakland Athletics, LA Angels. Finished his career back with the Dodgers. Um, 23 years, 324 victories. Interesting stat that I uh, I heard. He never missed a scheduled start. Isn't that amazing? And that's, that's insane. And that's back in the day of four, four-man rotations. Never missed a single scheduled start. That's that. That's incredible. They call that going to the posts, man. <laughs> um, Hall of Famer, well-deserved. Um he um, broadcast Braves games for quite some time. He left briefly to go to join the Nationals, came back, like you said, did some radio stuff. 
think he broke his leg in spring training of 19 and, and, and never came back. And he was missed then and he'll be even more missed now. Um, so before we get off here, I want to give you my favorite Hank Aaron quote, because this man had, do you know how many hits Hank Aaron had JP? How many hits? Hits. Uh, no, over 3,000. If I gave you 3,500, would you go over or under? 3,500? Yeah. Hits. 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 I'd say over. 3,771 yeah. hits. Now, now, here's the significance of that. He had 3,771 hits. He had 755 home runs. He had more hits than he had home runs. He had 3,000 hits without, without ever hitting a home run. Bingo. That's incredible. Incredible. That's one of the most impressive sports stats you'll ever hear. That along with the uh, the Greg Maddox 3-0 count stat. That he only faced like, in his career, he only had 3-0 counts like 200 and something times and like and like 112 of them were intentional walks. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, he also said that Barry Bonds was the easiest guy to pitch to. You just... You know, walked him and went on to the next to the guy. Next guy. <laughs> there you go. Uh, my favorite Hank Aaron quote, though, before we get out of here. It took me 17 years to get 3,000 hits in baseball. I did it in one afternoon on the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I think I think that right there is what made Hank Aaron so endearing to so many people. Yep. I mean, he took what he did seriously, but he didn't take himself seriously. He'll be missed. He will be missed, as will Don Sutton. Uh, Braves legends, both of them. We will miss you, and uh, thank you for all you did for Braves fans and the organization. When we come back, we'll talk to Teresa Walker of the Associated Press, Vols, Titans, NFL, Grizzlies, whatever. Uh, if you want uh, to ask Teresa a question, you can. Uh, shoot us a text at uh, 615-517-6614. I'll be happy to grab that for you and uh, ask Teresa any questions you might have. 615-517-6614 on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the Law Office of David A. Bates, and Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries, their ortho quick walk in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao. Welcome back in. Six minutes past the 
Seven minutes past the 10 o'clock hour. <laughs> Happens to me every time. I got to wait just a second before I give you the time, just, just to make sure. Here on this Friday, as we prepare for high school hoops this weekend and community college hoops on Saturday, it's going to be a lot of fun. Got some. I'll be at uh, Cullioca tonight as they host Hampshire. <laughs> and uh, you will be where? I'll be in Manchester. How about that? How about that? For um, Columbia Central and Coffee County. Are you guys going to get where you're going for tea time? Hampshire and Manchester. Manchester. Ah, 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 nicely done, sir. It's uh, it's what he does. Yeah, yeah. Where's the? You didn't get the laugh track, JP. You didn't hit the laugh track. It's supposed to be a laugh track. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're asking JP to do a lot. Hey, that's he's just over there. Instead of typing, he's uh he he's just got buttons. He's just you know push push push. That's what it is. Oh man. They appreciate me. They appreciate you. <laughs> well, um, we've been talking all week about the firing of Jeremy Pruitt, the retiring of Philip Fulmer. We have not had a chance yet to talk about the hiring over in Knoxville. So let's just keep going. Keep talking about it. The best way to do that, though, is to bring in someone who knows what they're talking about. And that is why we bring in Associated Press sports writer, Teresa Walker. Teresa, thanks for joining us this morning. Well, it's my pleasure, gentlemen. It's just sad that, uh, you know, as we, we try to look through what's been an incredible, busy, insane week, but insane week in that uh, for Tennessee that actually in the last 24 hours, it's almost like a semblance of a working university. But, I mean, Hank Aaron, I'm sorry. That's just, that's just sad, man. That's just, that's just not the news you want to see on a Friday. No, it's, it, it's really tough because we are, you know, obviously we're big Braves fans, Mo and I, and, it's, uh, and Hank Aaron was, even, even though, I'm, I mean, obviously I didn't watch him play, but he was still a huge part of that organization as I was growing up, so. Yeah, it's tough. Especially for those of us who are old enough to have actually watched him hit that home run that passed Babe. Not that I'm that old, but my mom did let me watch that game. (laughs) I think we're about the same age. I I did watch that game, as I've mentioned on Twitter this morning. And it's, um, I mean, it it just, it doesn't feel like yesterday, but I can certainly remember where I was. But it's it's just heartbreaking, You, you know. He he was eighty six years old. I mean, it's not like it come to be blunt. I guess it's not like a shock, but still, it's a shock. Mm-hmm. Well, if that absolutely. Makes sense. Well, it is because I mean, Hank Aaron is one of those people that you know, like someday, which hopefully isn't in our lifetime when Dolly Parton passes, it's going, you know, somebody is so huge in our consciousness that we've rooted for, enjoyed, that when they do pass, it just feels like, it feels like a member of the family's past, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that for Hank Aaron, especially for Braves fans or baseball fans, he's been kind of that, he's one of those guys. So yeah, and, and that's coming from a Cubs fan. Well, we appreciate that. 
<laughs> Anybody who's a baseball fan, you had to love Hank Aaron because he just he, he was one of those colorful no guys. No reason not that, to. Yeah, he's just one of those guys that a- anytime he was talking, it was usually pretty funny and uh, and cheerful. So. Well, and and consider this, you know, we all watched, you know, those of us who were watching as kids, you know, we were watching, oh, this is great. He's doing something incredible. Mm. And then as we grow up, we find out how he did it, the shadow of what he was dealing with during that home run chase. And that everybody didn't feel that way. Yes, we were all thrilled by it, but there were so many who wanted him dead simply because of the color of his skin, which is still just astounding and, and, and insane to me. So, yeah, to, that makes his accomplishment to me, you know, far beyond. I know that in the books, Barry Bonds is past him. Sorry, no. For me, who? Hank Aaron is the man, the home run king in, in, in Major League Baseball. Don't worry. You're you're among friends in that in that regard, I got a feeling. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, let's, uh, as you said, Tennessee, semblance of working university. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? If you'd have told me that on Monday, that by Friday, we would that, that Tennessee would look like uh, it knew what it was doing, I would have laughed in your face. <laughs> well, that's because the, you know, the investigation into Jeremy Pruitt and this recruiting issue took so long. I mean, guys, I had my, my prep on Jeremy Pruitt being fired written before the season was over. I mean, before the Vanderbilt game. And, you know, I've been adding to it. But, it, it you know, it's like at a certain point, it's like, is this going to happen? Are they? St-? And then when they hired Kevin Steele last week and, and the release had a quote from uh, Jeremy Pruitt, you're like, okay, is he actually going to survive this? And that, that's what made Monday kind of surprising. I mean, one, it was a holiday. I was trying to be off. Uh, and then we start seeing the news pop, and it's like, holy Toledo. And then when we get the release right before the start of the news conference, it's never good when one of your lo- news conferences is going live on SEC Network. But um, <laughs> I, I'm just saying. But then they say not only is Pruitt out, two assistant coaches are out, but they ended up hire, uh, firing 10 total people, you know, Pruitt and nine others. I mean, that was just stunning. And and I've heard all the people this week like, oh, hiring a coach is going to be tough. They're walking into this. The NCAA is going to pound them. Well, you know what? I'm taking the other side of this. Tennessee, as soon as she, you know, Donnie Plowman said Monday, she got a tip in her office November 13th. By night, November 19th, they had the attorneys, Mike Lazier and Kyle Skillman from, uh, you know, Bond, Shonick, and King on board helping them with their internal investigation. And then they pulled in the NCAA in mid-December. And the NCAA had investigators at the, uh, news con- at the interview with Jeremy Pruitt last week, one that went seven hours. So, you know, they have included the NCAA early on this. They have, you know, to me it's almost been like a mea culpa. Look what we found. You know, and, and, and Donnie Plowman told the New Sentinel that, you know, it was so well hidden. The reason that Fulmer wasn't fired, too, for cause, uh, because his contract includes the same language that, you know, for stuff happening, that the, the people who were doing this allegedly kept it so well hidden that their compliance people didn't see it. And so, you know, of course, if the compliance people couldn't see it and they fire, anyway. Uh, but, you know, that's the thing. It, this was a big one. She used words stunning, shocking. I mean, this is big. But they've included the NCAA in, in this. You know, the, you know Tennessee is, is hoping to wrap this up. The, the NCAA investigators have been here for almost two weeks. So that tells me that, you know, the NCAA, it, it's almost like going to the cops and turning yourself in. 
And I've heard the theory that, well, the NCA is going to make an example of them. Well, why would the NCA make an example of a program that you did everything you would want them to do, right? You know, there's a tip that something's going on, they investigate it, and they fire 10 people because of it. To me, that's an indication of an, of an institution acting the way the NCA would like them to do. Now, is there likely to be some punishment? Sure. But, the, you know, Tennessee is almost doing a death penalty here. I mean, there's 14 players in the, in the portal for, you know, 48 hours after the firing and, you know, starters at that. Uh, you know, you're two of your top three leading tacklers, you're the leading rusher, uh, on top of the people who, you know, say they're leaving. And so it's like, and, and you're losing players from your recruiting class. So, I mean, this was, this, Tennessee has taken its punishment. This is a lot more than LSU saying this past season that, you know what, we're not going to, go, we're going to self-impose a bowl ban. Uh, so, you know. <laughs> I mean, didn't we all raise our eyebrows at that? It's like, seriously? You know, yeah, everybody can go bowling, but really, should you? You know, it's like when Tennessee withdrew from the Liberty Bowl. We were all like, good, that shouldn't happen. Not at 3-7. and seven. Not when the Army was still out there. So, And, and then to watch Dondi Plowman run this, this uh, search, it was quick. I mean, you know, it, as stunning as Monday was, the news yesterday morning that, woo, they've got, they've got an AD, and it's Danny White. Guys, I didn't have him on my list because I didn't think that they could get him. You know, uh, you know, and yes, I know UCF is not a Power Five school, but when you look at his track record at Buffalo, at UCF, you know, remember that undefeated national championship season? Well, yeah, UCF was in position to claim a national championship that Tennessee hasn't even been able to sniff because they went undefeated. And while we could all laugh at them, you know, they had an argument to to make about the whole college football playoff system. So, you know, and, and again, thirteen and zero in the in college football is thirteen and zero, and they cap that with a win in the Peach Bowl over over Auburn. So, uh, you know, he's hired coaches in Buffalo. The coach he hired at Buffalo got that program ranked this year. Uh, he's hired two basketball coaches who've taken programs at UCF and Buffalo to the NCAA tournament. I mean, his track record is really good. He hired Nate he, Oates, yes, who, by the now, way, is kicking tail in the SEC. Exactly. And and his family is all in the business. I mean, you know, his dad's retiring later this year from Duke. Uh, you know, his brother was in charge of, you know, Lane Kiffin down at FAU for a couple of years. His brother, Mike White, is, you know, the Gators coach. I mean, this Which is should the be family interesting, business. By the way. Yeah. Yes, it should. It's a good thing they lost in, in, in uh, on uh, Saturday. Yeah. No, Tuesday night. Oh, Tuesday. Uh, my bad. Yeah. Yeah, it was so ugly. We, I can understand trying to erase it from your memory banks, Mo. Uh, but but that was fast. They she didn't allow the boosters or you know all these voices to get in. I mean, remember the group that was in charge of helping fire uh, find uh, John Curry in 2017. You know Peyton Manning was on that group. I mean, I, you know, was half of Tennessee in that advisory group to find the new AD to replace Dave Hart as he retired? I mean, it was it was ridiculous. You know that whole thing about too many chefs in the kitchen. And this time she, you know, and again, because she hadn't talked to me, she talked to the new Sentinel yesterday. She said that it was her, it was Randy Boyd and the chairman of the board of trustees. That's a tight group. And she said her plan moving forward is that Diane White will be the fourth of that group for making decisions about, you know, athletics at Tennessee. That's smart. I mean, based on what's happened in the last 12 years since Philip Fulmer was pushed out the first time, uh, you know, it's just been one, it's been a hot mess. And now it's, now there's maybe some hope of, you know, adults being in the room. That's a, that, 
That's a big change. Um, <laughs> refreshing, isn't it? it? It is refreshing. As as a Tennessee sports fan, uh, as little as I am, but I am, you know, I get the feeling sometimes that people still feel like Tennessee isn't a desirable program, but we wrote, we, we read what Joe, Joe Rex wrote, wrote yesterday on The Athletic. We saw the hiring of Danny White this morning or yesterday. It just it feels like Tennessee is still a desirable program. They are somewhere that people want to be. I mean, this is Danny White is could have waited two more years and been the AD anywhere in the country. He brings credibility. Instant credibility. I mean, looking at the national pundits, everybody from, you know, Pat Forty, Pete Thamel, I mean, everybody who weighs in on college athletics was praising this hire uh, because of Danny White's track record, his, his roots. You know, he's done things, and, you know, he's done things the right way. You know, he went from Buffalo to UCF. Now he's going to a Power Five. This is a guy who is now, you know, he's, he's, he's an adult you know, and, and here's the thing. He's an experienced AD, which, you know, that was the thing that they made very, very clear um, that, uh, you know, that they, you know, it's just fun to watch. You know, Philip Fulmer, you know, I, we understood what happened in 2017. It was kind of the joke at the time that he got his way back in and he settles on Jeremy Pruitt. And the whole thing about Monday's news conference that was so discordant to me and so many others is when Fulmer praised what Ful- Pruitt had been doing in recruiting. It's like, dude, you're at a news conference <laughs> announcing his firing over recruiting issues. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, so it's like, and so, yeah, that. You know, think about this. He's going to be the fourth different AD. Uh, you know, there was Dave Hart, John Curry, Philip Fulmer, and now you got Danny White. And now Danny White's going to be looking for a new football coach. And you know, and, and since Fulmer left, you had I, I've got to go back and make a list. We've had four official head coaches. You know, for, between Kiffin, Dooley, Jones, and Pruitt. But I'm not even counting the interims guys. I mean, there was Brady Hoke, there was Jim Chaney, and you know, I saw one number this morning that there's been like ten different total coaches. And I'm like, there Wait was a Kippy Brown. Oh, that's right. Thank you. And see, it's just, it's tough to keep track of this revolving door. It's been it's been ridiculous. And and you mentioned they could have done themselves a favor by just hiring Kippy Brown. They could have absolutely. And I was one of those who thought, why aren't you hiring Kippy at the time? Uh, that scri- that that took care of so many boxes. You know, uh, you know, there were a lot of people at Tennessee like Kippy Brown. You know, there's just I still don't understand that. But Tennessee is attractive. There's money. There is a hundred thousand seat stadium people that does fill up. Look how full it's been over the last decade, despite how bad this program has been. I mean, people are filling that place up, and yeah, there's an awful lot of Alabama people and Georgia people and Florida people in there for those games. But that building is is full. People are still turning out to watch it because they hope that things can get better. And that is just that is a sign that you know. Now, might it take a, a few years? I'm not you know, turning this around. It, it, it can't, won't, won't be easy. But when we look at what Arkansas did last year, with, you know, this past season, one change, Sam Pittman as head coach, and suddenly they were a competitive and looked to be a respectable program in one short year. It is possible. You know, you listen to all these analysts, and they're looking at Tennessee, and they're like, what's not going on here? There was a disconnect. You could see talent, but, man, it just wasn't – I mean, we, they had leads against Auburn. 
you know, that was a game that was winnable until they throw that, you know, and it's Garantano throws that pick six. You know, it's like they just kept shooting themselves in the foot over and over and over again this season. You know, and, and the best line that I've heard this week is like, well, if they were cheating, why did they lose to Kentucky and Arkansas by double digits? So, you know, attractive job, absolutely. Is Tennessee going to have to probably overpay because of the NCAA cloud over this program? Yeah. But guess what? Money's not an issue. One, they, they've saved at least some of the buyout for Jeremy Pruitt, no matter what his attorney's saying. I, I, it's going to be tough for him to get the $12.6 million. But, so they've saved some money there. It's just, you know, it, money is not a problem. Athletic facilities, not a problem. And now they've got an AD, a chancellor, and a president that seem to understand how to act in, in, in you know, big power co- college athletics, which, you know, now, now let's wait and see. We've, you know, well, there's, been, there's been a lot of hope over the last decade, but then it ends up like the, you know, the Death Star doesn't explode and, you know, and Darth Vader's still there. So There's still the one X factor, though, Teresa, and let's just hope that none of those three people you just mentioned have a Twitter account. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, true, but guys, guys, while we're talking, Jimmy Himes is is, is reporting some interesting news that is two he? players who had entered the transfer portal are re-enrolling at Tennessee. Both are starters. So, you know, the one thing, Danny White, one of his first things he was going to do was uh, go meet with the football team last night, or yesterday without anybody else in the room, no coaches, et cetera. So it sounds like he's making a good impression to start with. So, you know, maybe he's telling them who, who he, you know, what his plans are. You know, the, the stories I've read about him this morning, he, when he went into UCF, he met, he met with the players. When, when uh, Bobby Hurley left uh, Buffalo for Arizona State, he met with the players. That's why he, you know, promoted Nate Oates to the head job at Buffalo at that time. So, you know, he, if he's, you know, and, and if players think that the AD is listening to him, that can go an awful long way to helping settle and soothe and calm that situation in that locker room. That's right. It's 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 all about stability, and you, you know when these players feel like they they have a stable environment, they are willing to put up with a little bit of uh, or, or give you know maybe some patience to have have a little patience. So it feels like that's what's happening right now. I'm really excited about uh, Danny White at, uh, at at Rocky Top. I think he's going to bring a lot of positives to that university and the football program, but also other athletics. So really excited about it. Teresa Walker with the Associated Press. She's going to stick with us on the other side of the break. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. 
covering the teams you care about, it's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Once again, with Mo, here's Chris. Welcome back in. As we approach the bottom of the 10 o'clock hour on this Friday, as the sky has turned blue here in Columbia. That's what I'm talking about. We get a little we get a little sun out there and that uh that 45 starts feeling a little bit warmer. I'm okay with it. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Chris Yao, Mopad, and J.P. Plant with you here. Still joined by Teresa Walker of the Associated Press. And want to move kind of into a different topic as we have talked a lot about Tennessee football this week. And that's, a, you know, understandable considering. Um, but, Teresa, ha- have you been in – involved at all in the uh the nba and the 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 scheduling issues that 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 memphis has had this week and what whatever's going on with that uh i have not as my my colleague tim reynolds has been handling most of that story for ap um because he's one of our nba writers but uh yeah in fact i hadn't even seen the release yesterday that the next three games for the grizzlies were being postponed when he's like by the way i've got this i'm filing it so uh it's it's been crazy i mean you know think about this that jonas valanciunas uh, was pulled from a game because of some testing concerns or tracing. And then, you know, then he's back. And then he didn't play this uh, on Martin Luther King Day when the uh, Grizzlies played the Phoenix Suns, uh, a game against the team that had been, you know, seriously dealing with some of these COVID issues. And then they play and win that game. And, you know, Valanciunas is held out of that game. Uh, the Grizzlies played last Saturday night. Well, actually, the Grizzlies were in Minnesota, had a, their Friday night game with the Timberwolves postponed because of issues with the Timberwolves, a team they I think they played the night before, and then, or two night, Wednesday night, yeah. And then they, they fly back, they play on sun, uh, Saturday night against Philadelphia 76ers, and then uh, last Saturday, Sunday, well, the Sixers game against OKC was postponed because of issues uh, on Monday. Golly, was Monday, golly, this month has been like 2020. It's like, holy Toledo, where's it gone? So, yeah, Monday, the Grizzlies played and beat the Suns without Valanchunas again. Uh, So he's been in and out of the lineup. And, you know, they get a win. They're fifth straight. As crazy as it's been last week, they still managed to win their fifth straight. John Morant's back. Things are looking good. They go on the road uh, Tuesday. And then Wednesday, their game at Portland is postponed uh, because of their tracing issues. And then we find out yesterday their next three games are it's gonna be january 27th before they have a chance to play again so it's just but you know that's now 20 games in the nba that's been postponed a big chunk of those here in the last week and a half uh it's you know the nba is struggling right now i mean you know they they put through some more uh protocols kind of like what we saw the nfl you know when when the titans outbreak happened there were people saying, oh, off with their heads, you know, shut them down. Let's just, you know, fire the coach and GM. What in the world are they doing in Nashville? And then it was it was one of those things the NFL, it's like, okay, this is where there's some holes in our defenses. And then they tightened the protocols as the season went. That's why when we got to December, they went to intensive protocols where they essentially told teams just do, you know, what the teams that were dealing with outbreaks doing, you know, practice 
and then essentially go meet, you know, either spread yourselves way out or meet virtually. And, you know, that's that's what the NBA is working through now. We'll see if the NHL does. I mean, guys, there are four hurricanes that, you know, last as of yesterday were still quarantining in a Nashville hotel after Tuesday night's game got postponed because of Carolina's issues. So, uh, you know, and, and the Dallas Stars, Predators are there for their season opener tonight because, you know, the Stars had issues that they couldn't even start till tonight. So uh, it, it's just, it's going to be, you know, these, and here's the biggest challenge. The NFL played most of their games, if not, you know, the majority outside, okay? Uh, NBA, NHL, they're indoors. And right now in the NHL, there's only three teams that have had fans in. And the Predators are going to do a lottery. They're going to have a couple hundred fans in for games next week. Um, so it's just that's the problem, guys. Uh, can these sports, these leagues, play their games indoors during a pandemic? You know, we'll see if they can get uh, their protocols tightened up enough to get games back on track. Yeah, we'll see. It's it's going to be. <laughs> I don't expect them to go back to a bubble, but uh, it's. I guess they can't. They, they, they can't do, do the bubble. Yeah. They can't do the bubble. I mean, their their players made it obvious that, you know, that it was just it was tough. I mean, everyone might think it sounds great to go away for two three months to a Florida <laughs> hotel, um, but uh, without your family and friends. But no, it's not. If it's by I mean, choice. Well, if it's by choice, but even then, you're not. Remember the guy who got into trouble because he, you know, he slipped out to get wings. You know, so it's Lou like, Williams. Yes, so it's yeah. like, guys, it's you know, it's tough. I mean, you know, AP is looking at you know trying to figure out how we're covering the NCAA tournaments, right? Because they're doing a bubble down in in Texas, they're doing the bubble up in Indiana, and you know, for the for those of us who go, you know, I might I I've been you know I might get to go, and I might go for a week, I might go for three weeks. You know, that's still all being worked out. But you know, I'll just say this: me leaving for three weeks would be might make my husband happy because then I wouldn't be doing any home improvement projects. So, uh, but. <laughs> But that said, it's not easy. And then to continue competing. So it's just, it, you know, guys, let's just hope that they find a way to, to, to work through the safety. I mean, one of the things the NBA is doing, they're going to have security guards near the midline so that during warm-ups, you know, to keep guys apart. You know, it's, it's human nature. Hey, how you doing? Go up and give the, you know, the, 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 the half hug, the fist bump. And, you know, they're trying to keep everything to just fist bumps and elbow bumps. You know, forget the handshakes and, and, and Lord, we know that athletes have, you know, I mean, there's some guys have individual handshakes for each member of their teams. I mean, you know, this is this is important, but uh, you can't do those now. It, you know, so can they get some of that behavior under control? You know, the uh, the uh, Taylor Jenkins, the Grizzlies coach. You know, some of the pictures we used with our stories the last two days. I can see a ma- picture of him with his mask dipped under his nose. Guys, the mask has to cover the mouth and the nose, or you're really not doing it right. Shifting gears just a second, Teresa, before we let you go. Um, Looking at Arthur Smith's Atlanta Falcons coaching staff starting to take shape, I got a question about the Falcons defensive coordinator. Why the guy who retired from the Titans uh, just over uh, a year, or just about a yeah, just about a year ago, a, a day after the AFC Championship game, uh, and that was his second retirement. So uh, 
you know, hey, Mike Vrabel got Dean Peace to unretire after he quit the Ravens to come join him for two years uh, as a first-time head coach. Maybe Dean Peace, you know, after sitting out a season, realized that, you know what, I, I do miss this, and I- I'm really not one of those guys that can sit at home. I-, I want to do what I want to do. Or maybe it's because, you know, he really likes Arthur Smith and wants to help him get going as another first-time head coach. Uh, whatever his motivations are, and, and I know Titan fans want to know, especially after watching this year, wishing he was on, you know, he was still the coordinator. Uh, you know, the, one thing we'll know is this. You know, hopefully he'll speak in the next few days, and we'll find out what his motivations was. Uh, but you know what, Titans fans probably feel a lot like the Ravens did when he left them, and you know, wait, you retired. You're going to coach for them? How dare you do that? You're, you're giving up on us. So uh, you know, the one thing we do know is that Titan fans need to be more concerned with how Mike Vrabel is working to you know, fill the holes on his staff. He had, he's looking for a new offensive coordinator to replace Arthur. And you know, hopefully he's also looking for a defensive coordinator. There's been talk that he interviewed Terrell Austin. Maybe there was some interest in Aaron Glenn. Uh, you know, just waiting to see what he does to address the holes on his staff. Was there, has there ever been any indication of bad blood between Pease and Variable? No. And in fact, at the news conference when, when Dean was retiring, you know, Vrabel was over on the side, just kind of looked sad, you know? You know, and, and as he said, Can't he's imagine like, why. I, well, and he, and, <laughs> foreshadowing, maybe. Yeah. Well, and Vrabel said, he's like, listen, I already talked him out of retirement once. You know, it's kind of tough to ask him to do it twice. And the difference is that Dean Peace had coached a game just the day before, had just coached through a season. And, you know, here, and, you know, now, <clears throat> Uh, Dean Peace has had a year off and, you know, makes the heart A year off fonder. that he spent here in Nashville, am I right? Yes, he, yes, he's got a place here in Nashville. He and his wife love this area. And, you know, they, they were thinking they were going to retire up north. And now they're like, you know, like everybody else who comes to Nashville, it's like, we love it here. We're staying. And, you know, he was at a game sitting, you know, talking to the coaches from the seats. So, you know, apparently he just had the itch to go coach again. Just wait till he tries to drive to the stadium one time. He's going to be like, you know what? I'm going back to Nashville. That, that traffic wasn't nearly as bad after all. Hey, he won't, hey he'll be on that bus, you know. Uh, he'll, he'll have somebody. When you're... They can pay, you know, with all those peach trees in Atlanta, I would be hiring myself a driver anyway. Ain't no doubt. I mean, it, peach. take a left on peach tree, and then you'll go up peach tree, and then take a ride on peach tree. <laughs> and it's like, guys, did anybody, who, who planned this? They like their peaches and their trees. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and we all thought that OHB in Nashville was confusing, right? <laughs> oh, it, it is. It is, but it's not like Atlanta's peach trees. No, it's it's not. You're exactly right. Oh, uh, this weekend we have a couple of uh, pretty big football games. Are, are you uh, are you seeing? Are you thinking anything uh, odd is going to happen, or is it going to be exactly what we expect? And that's uh, Green Bay and Kansas City. Well, here's the thing. You know, even though uh, Patrick Mahomes has been limited the last couple of days, they barely. It was almost like a walkthrough on Wednesday. 
uh, he has to clear the concussion protocol, okay? And to do that, you have to practice. And it looks like yesterday he had his helmet and went through that. So, you know, he could get cleared from the concussion protocol today. It, it, you know, what if it's tomorrow? Uh, you know, what if he gets hit early in the game on Sunday? You know, right now this feels a little bit closer to the Bills having a chance. I, I haven't seen the latest line, but when I saw it come out earlier this week, it was like three and a half for Kansas City. That's doable for Buffalo. If Buffalo goes out and plays the way that they have, you know, especially late this season when they were clicking so much on offense, you know, this could be a really good game. And so, yeah, I, I think the Bills absolutely have a chance in this game to maybe make it uh, Green Bay Buffalo. I will say this I, Aaron Rodgers finally getting a chance to play in the N- NFC Championship game for the first time in Lambeau Field. Uh, if I can't see how he doesn't win this game and advance to the Super Bowl. I just can't. Uh, for everybody wanting Tampa and Tom in the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, I'm sorry. Tampa Bay, uh, sorry. I, I just think it's going to be Aaron Rodgers on that side of the ball. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. All right. Teresa Walker of the Associated Press, one last question before we let you go. What, to this point, is your favorite Bernie meme? Well, it's the one I saw last night. At first I thought it was the one from Game of Thrones where he was in the wheelchair like the oh, three-eyed yeah. raven. But then somebody you know, turned him into somebody being stiff-armed by Derrick Henry. And I'm wow. sorry, that's pretty good. That's the one we just showed this morning, and I got the re- reaction on the air. It was pretty great. Oh. <laughs> Man, thanks so much for hanging out with us this morning. A lot of insight on the, the Tennessee and uh, Titans and Vols and everything else that we need. We we, we, we needed our, uh, I guess, to, to learn some things, and you always help us with that. Well, my pleasure. And I'll say this, guys. Think about this. Signing day is a week from Wednesday. Uh, I, I won't be surprised at all if Danny White is introducing a coach almost as fast as he was uh, named and hired as AD. So let's see how quickly this search goes. I, I don't think it'll be a long one. I definitely don't think it'll be a long one. You're exactly right. So he's got a short list, as according to Jimmy Himes, which he retweeted. So we'll see how that list goes. Um, really excited about it. Thanks again for joining us. We appreciate it. We will talk to you soon uh, and get your insight some more, maybe after we get a coach and uh, you can tell us all about him. Sounds good. Thanks. Teresa Walker, Associated Press, joining us here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. When we return, we're going to give you the final segment of the day. Unfortunately, we do not have any smoked wings to review on air. Dang it, Terry. <laughs> Dad gummit, chicken man. You, you didn't bring us wings. It's okay. Or anything else. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. So when we come back, we will recap the day. Remember, plenty of high school sports. It's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. We'll be back. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. 
to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. And didn't know you needed. That's really the thing. You didn't know you needed us, but here we are, bringing you all the knowledge. Not from us, though. We get that from the experts. Well, we don't have the knowledge, but we know where to get the knowledge, and there's something to be said for that. Exactly. You don't have to know all the answers. You just have to know who to ask. It ain't exactly. It Boom. Ain't, it ain't about what you know. It's about it's who, who you, you know. Who you know. And we know people. And we know crackle. <laughs> <laughs> One day. One day. You have to. We'll have to play that joke on air uh. so people will get it. Um, <laughs> and I'm not sure you can play Mitch Hedberg jokes on air. <laughs> you be careful. I'm pretty sure you can't. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um. So Teresa talked about Aaron Rodgers getting to play the NFC title game in Green Bay for the first time. That's pretty amazing. Got to think, yeah, a little surprising uh, considering. Well, I guess they played at the Niners. They did. I mean, I'm not sure. um, Played at Atlanta the year Atlanta went went to the Super Bowl. I mean, clearly they, they haven't, you know. I, I I had just never thought of that. That's amazing that the Packers have never hosted an NFC championship game in his career. The one time, let's see, over his career, he's won at, at Soldier Field when they went to the Super Bowl in 2010. Uh, he has lost to the Seahawks in Seattle. Lost to the Falcons in Atlanta, and lost to the Forty ers in Santa Clara. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean that's the last time that they hosted an NFC Championship game was nineteen ninety six, my friends. Ooh, uh, two thousand seven. I'm sorry, two thousand seven. They lost to the oh, Giants right. in overtime. That was the uh, pick six, I think it was, on gotcha. uh, Brett Favre's. Um. Brett Favre, kind of swan pick song. Six? That never happened. Yeah, I think that was Brett Favre's swan song with the Packers. With the Packers. Oh seven. Gotcha. Home against the Giants. That was it. Was uh, that was a single digit temperature? That was one of the really really cold ones. And that was one of the New York Giants. Obviously, they Eli Manning, um, and won the Super Bowl. That's correct. Sorry, I, you're right. I, I didn't even realize. I was trying to go through there, and I just glossed right over it. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it, it's kind of, it's, it's going to be interesting to see Tom Brady in Green Bay. And obviously he, he got out of New England for a reason, didn't want to be cold all year. <laughs> and, but you, I mean, you gotta, you gotta play in it somewhere. So at some time you gotta beat the best team. They're the number one seed, the Packers. Uh, can Tom Brady do it? I don't think so. I, I just I think Green Bay and the way Rodgers is playing, I, I just think they're playing too good. Devontae Adams. I mean the only the only way that Green Bay, in my opinion, doesn't win this game is if Devontae Adams gets hurt, if and or or Aaron Rodgers gets hurt early on. Um I you know, I I think that's about the only way. And and still with that, I think the Buccaneers have to get up early. If the Packers find themselves without one of those two players and have it to come back, it's a tall order. But uh, I, I just think the Packers are 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 too good. 
at home. And even with Devontae Adams in that scenario going out, I mean, Rodgers has made a living off of throwing to receivers that folks haven't heard of. There's still some other good players there. <laughs> so, um, I mean, as long as Rodgers is healthy, they've got a chance. Mm-hmm. Especially with the run game that they've suddenly right. developed. Yeah, here I think, and bit. I think that's the that's the real key. And and that goes to your point of if Tampa Bay has a shot, they have to get up because if they get down, and then Green Bay can start working some clock if they decide they want to and and get get the run game going. You're right, but Tampa Bay has no run game, like none. It's it's not none that they can trust. Non-existent. So, at at what point, even if the Bucks get up, they can't run any clock. And we're talking about Green Bay here. We saw how difficult it was for Ryan Tannehill to throw in that. And Tannehill's young and in shape. <laughs> Tom's old and in shape. <laughs> yeah. But there's yeah. a difference between young and in shape and old and in shape. I mean, we know that. It get. When your when your bones get cold, and they start aching, it's a lot different it's when you're tough to warm up. When you're 34, as than I was when I was 25, is what I'm saying. I mm-hmm. mean, you guys know it, it. It's a different kind of hurt. Yeah, yeah. Um, in this other game, there's Teresa, another game. Yeah, there is another game. Teresa was saying that she feels better about Buffalo's chances here with with. Mahomes in question, and and I guess that makes sense. I don't know how much stock you put in Chad Henney down the stretch this past weekend, but I think Kansas City defense has been better than, than some folks have recognized as well. I think their offensive attack has kind of overshadowed what's taking place on that side of the ball. I, I don't disagree with that at all. I, I, you're right, and I don't think that a lot of people understand how how really good this Kansas City team really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen Buffalo be really good at times. We've also seen them be really bad after the, and we've not seen Kansas City be bad. really bad. You know, even with Chad Henney. <laughs> yeah, and and with a coach who believes in him. As as Andy Reid showed, you know, I, I think I think Buffalo going and winning at Kansas City is a tougher ask than Tampa Bay going and winning at Green Bay. The the Battle of the Bays, Tampa and Green. Mm. Yeah. I don't know about that, but I guess it, it it's I don't know. I don't know. I think Buffalo is better than Tampa Bay. Is, I guess that's where I'm at. I think Buffalo is better than Tampa Bay. I'm not sold on Josh Allen. Well, I'm not either, but so I don't know. This is the uh, the third consecutive trip to the AFC Championship game for the Kansas City Chiefs. Should have won in 2019 when uh, D Ford. Lined up offsides. Brutal. Golly. They would have won that game. I mean, that was it. That was the ball game. They stopped them on fourth down and they yeah. had the they had the ball. And then, you know, obviously Ford lines up with his hand over the neutral zone. Just absolutely insane. 
How do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, look down the line, see where the ball is, and back up back off up. of it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> six inches. Anyway, they did win last year. Obviously, the Tennessee Titans were up early. Seems like if we're going to lose a playoff game, we're going to get up early and blow it. <laughs> that's that's what we like to do here in Nashville. We like to get get out ahead and then let it slip away. There we go. That's how it works. Uh, so. 35-24 winners over the Titans last year and then now hosting Buffalo. You said both lines were three, right? As, so of, as of yesterday, as we were exiting our show, I'll uh, I'll refresh and see what we've got here. But, uh, yeah, yesterday it was at um, it was at minus three for the home team. What's for both. the over-under in that Tampa Bay-Green Bay game? That's that's the number that I think you can you can win. Green Bay, by the way, has moved up to a three and a half. Over under in that one, fifty one and a half. Mm. Kansas City still a straight three point favorite. Over under fifty four. So you said the over under on Tampa Green is fifty one. Fifty one and a half. So that's like twenty seven. Fifty one and a hook. Right. Yeah. Won't happen. Won't happen. You don't think it gets to that? No way. Okay. No way. And what's the other one? 54? Uh, 54. And by the way, we're going to have weather in both instances. Forecast is 28 degrees and snow in Green Bay. Like I said, won't get there. Forecast for Kansas City, 46 and rain. Oof, that's brutal. Yeah. <sighs> so weather, weather, will, weather will make its presence in both games. If Chad Henney is the quarterback, mm. who do you take? If he is the starter? If he is the starter, who do you take? But he's not the starter. But we don't know that. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has not cleared. Was he not, has he not cleared yet? He's, that's what I, Teresa just said. Okay. That's what she said, and I thought that was odd because I thought he was a full go in practice on Wednesday. She said it was a walkthrough. So technically he did fully participate in the in walkthrough. walkthrough. Okay. Yesterday he had a helmet, but he still hasn't been completely cleared. If Chad Henney's a starting quarterback, who do you pick? I don't pick it. <laughs> I stay away from it. That's – is he good enough? They've still got – With that defense. they still got a lot of weapons. I mean, I, I still throw, like Kansas that City. That throw he made to Travis Kelsey late. Sure. Great I mean, throw. He's, can, he, he, can he do that for 60 minutes? I don't know yeah. that he has to. I think he's got to make two or three. Mm-hmm. Oh, there he is. The man, the myth, the legend himself, Clayton Harris. I mean, Clayton Harris, if Chad Henney's the quarterback, who do you pick? Uh, <laughs> and that's, exactly. That's kind of where we're at. Exactly. He said Buffalo. I, I think Buffalo's got a chance anyway. He thinks Buffalo has a chance anyway. We'll see. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll talk about it on Monday uh, with everything else. Don't forget, high school hoops all night tonight. And tomorrow, we will give you all that information on the rundown on Monday and everything else. Make sure to check out sm-tnsports.com for full coverage of tonight's ball games at sm underscore tnsports, hashtag only game in town on Twitter. Follow that for updates throughout the night. For JP Plant, our producer, Maurice Patton, the Hall of Famer, I'm Chris Yalla, nobody. 
This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay cool, Columbia.